Set of downs from the 41 of Cincinnati. Playfit, Trubisky, floats it outside. Zach Gentry, big Zach Gentry, breaks free inside the 10. It's now time for our weekly conversation with Eldorado Eagle, Michigan Wolverine, and NFL tight end Zach Gentry on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Presented by the Sports Bar at Sandia Resort and Casino. Close to home, far from ordinary. Now, here's Zach Gentry. I got everything I need. Homegrown. That's right. It's time for Zach Gentry. We are live at the Sandia Sports Bar. ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Joe O'Neill, Scott Galletti. Uh, come on by. We got a couple of football games that start here in about 15 minutes. One does, and then the next one's an hour later. Uh, come on up to the Sandia Sports Bar and enjoy all that this beautiful place offers. Zach, good to talk to you again, man. I mean, when we talked last Monday, you had talked about how it had really been a, a whirlwind, um, you know, just getting to Cincinnati, meeting the players, getting out on the practice field, a lot of time with your nose in the playbook. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's probably uh, pretty amazing what uh, an extra week of comfortability can do for you, Zach. Hey Joe, how's it going? Yeah, and you know it's uh, it is it is crazy, man. It's crazy to um, you know I've been out here for geez, I don't even know how long I've been out here now. Signed for like a week and a half or something like that. But yeah, it's right. a, it's amazing how quickly you can yeah, adapt to what's going on and, and kind of anticipate the schedule and the feel for things. And um, so yeah, so far so good. It's been uh, been nice to get to know everybody and, and know the town of uh, Cincinnati a little bit, almost at Pittsburgh again. No doubt about it. And so far, you know, a pretty rough start for the Bengals. We'll get into all that. But uh, it's Monday, so I, I'm assuming uh, you all were uh, a light in terms of on the field, but still lifting and watching film of, of yesterday's loss at home against the Ravens. Huh, Zach? Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, um, the day after the game, we got up, went in, you know, like you said, got a little, little lift in, and then um, – you know, various meetings, special teams, team meeting, positional meetings, unit meetings, stuff like that. So review the game film, talk about it, and kind of put a bow on, put a bow around it, and um, you know, start, kind of start to get the the talks coming for uh, the upcoming game. This uh, <clears throat> it'll be a week from today, actually, Monday night here in Cincinnati. Yeah, and you talk about the week you're putting or the time you're putting in at the facility. You're, you know, practicing with, uh, you know, catching passes from Joe Burrow, amongst other things, and, and just part of the mix. But at the same time, uh, away from the field, uh, you're, you've got your, your nose in the playbook. The way you described it is, you know, you get this playbook, it's almost like learning a new language. So with that, uh, there was a clip, uh, an audio clip that the NFL Network got on Trevor Lawrence calling Calling one play. I want you to listen to this uh, real quickly, Zach. Hey, long call. Comfy left zoom buster. 63 bang Z Maui alert. Paradise Z burger Y wrap on one. Play that one more time, please, Sam. Hey, long call. Comfy left zoom buster. 63 bang Z Maui alert. Paradise Z burger Y wrap on one. 
So that uh, to the, most of us, us people, you know, Sam and, and Scott, that is a, a, a new language. Okay, so let me ask you this. Did, like, playing with Big Ben, uh, Roethlisberger, number seven, as you call him, or, or Kenny Pick, like, was that kind of verbiage common when you were with the, the Steelers there, Zach? Yeah, you know, it, it really is. I mean, that's, you know, and that's, that's a, a case where, you know, I think he said alert um, to another play, too. So it's one of the things you can get up to the line of scrimmage. And, you know, if you're anticipating one look, and that's the, the first play call, but if the defense happens to um, come out, and, you know, in a different front or, you know, depending upon two or one high safeties, you know, if it's a look that they like or don't like, um, they can alert it to the next place. It's basically calling two plays in one. Um, many responsibilities there, and that entails, you know, probably having to, to shift or move or maybe not. But, yeah, that's, that's similar. I mean, you know, I was – Luckily, kind of ahead of the eight ball there when uh, when when Jim Harbaugh first took the Michigan job. I mean, he basically took his oh. playbook from from San Francisco to Michigan, and so um, got really used to that really quickly. I mean, and you know, every single offensive coach that I've dealt with calls different things slightly different. You know, there's a lot of people talk about the the West Coast terminology, which is um, a lot of people who come from like the the, the you know. Bill Walsh family tree and stuff like that use right. the West Coast terminology and it can get a little wordier and a little more tedious and stuff so um, that's kind of what that sounds like to me um, you know as far as at least like formations and shifts and, and some route concepts but uh, yeah a lot of it's really wordy um, you know there are some teams the faster teams that get up in there in the spread no huddle type stuff obviously is either hand signals or cards but that's um, you know zero teams in the NFL are doing that so for the most right. part it's pretty pretty wordy like that so do all 11 guys need to know what every one of those terms are all about? Or is you, as a certain position player, are you listening for one specific thing uh, and a, a receiver's listening to, you know, for a different thing and a running back? Or, or do you basically have to know, you know, all of that stuff means something to all 11 guys before every snap? Well, it just depends. You know, typically, um, I would say typically like the – if there's a motion or shift that comes first in the formation or formation, then motion shift. And then usually protection of some sort of the, if it's pass, if it's, you know, five man protection, six man, you know, I don't know if it's a turn protection, boot rollout, anything like that. So usually it's kind of segmented like that. So we'll just say motion or shift formation, um, protection, um, you know, route concept, route concept alert, you know, depending upon if it's a run or something like that. So, I guess like this, like for instance, like the line doesn't necessarily need to know every word, but they at least need to be able to hear the protection, um, pro protection in motion, depending upon the mic point and stuff like that. And then the alert, obviously, to the next play, because, you know, sometimes you can get out and have a run play alerted or killed to a pass or vice versa. So, um, really, you know, I would say that the, <laughs> the people who, I'm not trying to be biased or anything, but the people who probably need to know just about as much as the quarterback, maybe not as much, are the tight ends because the tight ends I are see. running, run blocking, pass blocking, and running routes. So, I mean, you gotta you got to have your eyes, eyes up on the quarterback's mouth and ears open too. Yeah, well, um, I got to ask you. I mean, you've now, you know, had your nose in the playbook a week and a half, and uh, obviously, you're you're going to be ready if called upon here very soon. Um, have you been able to get a grasp? Are you really feeling good about uh, what you've been able to absorb? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've, I've certainly put a lot of time in, and yeah, um, you know, being being even able to just watch these plays. Uh, come to fruition in practice, you know, you, you kind of look at them, look at them on your own and, and watch a lot of tape 
you know, in the respective meeting rooms and everything, but getting to see him on the field on game day and then, you know, getting to watch that film back today after watching on the field yesterday, you know, stuff like that really helps a lot. You know, I'm, I'm kind of more of a visual learner when it comes to stuff like that. So when I can see that in real time on the field or in real time on the video, then it really helps a lot too. What about any differences in the way that, you know, practices are, are conducted or, or meetings are conducted? Is it, you know, fairly similar to what was going on in, in uh, Pittsburgh, uh, the, just the day-to-day routines, or is it uh, completely different? I think it's fairly similar. You know, I think, I think a lot of these um, ball clubs are, are pretty similar in the fact that, you know, it's structured kind of the same day-to-day, um, certain days of the week or emphasis on um you know certain certain parts of the game like third down red zone short yardage stuff like that so um you know early part of the week is kind of installing what you anticipate to be um calling and running like in the open grass and it kind of moves there from there to you know third down red zone short yards goal line stuff like that so uh pretty much the same installed um you know teams are a little different as far as like how much time you spend on the field you know how much how much time you spend in pads stuff like that but i'd say from like a day-to-day it's uh, it's pretty similar structurally for sure. We're talking to Zach Gentry, Cincinnati Bengals tight end. I mean, I don't know if we've ever asked you this. Growing up here in Albuquerque, Zach, what team did you root for? Okay, I mean, what what team did did you root for? I know you loved the Lobos, and of course, you loved El Dorado uh, High School. Uh, was there a team that you tried to watch every Sunday in the NFL, Zach? You know, growing up, I wasn't a huge NFL fan. I, I okay. really, I really was a big uh, college football fan. I, I like college sports, college basketball, college football. So, I mean, Saturday morning game day, college game day, watching all those games. I mean, it's so nice to be able to just sit down and watch like forty or fifty different college games on Saturday. <laughs> um, right. And so, I really, really enjoyed college football growing up. I will say though, I, I did watch a, a decent amount of pro football. And, I was a quarterback back in the day, and he's he's gone through his fair share of um, not so good news. But back in the day, I, I liked Brett Favre because I just liked his toughness and the way he moved around. And um, you know, he, he was always somebody that I liked a lot when I was a kid. So I would say I, I was partial to the to the Green Bay Packers as a kid. So I, I kind of grew up a Green Bay. All fan. right, all right. And uh, what about your your uh, <laughs> grandfather, the the great Bill Gentry? Uh, National High School Coaches Association. Did did your grandfather uh, and your dad um, pull for any particular NFL team? I mean, I, I'm trying to figure out a way maybe that I could say you, you were around a bunch of Cowboy fans growing up is what I'm trying to do here, Zach. <laughs> well, you know, I think back in the day, I think um, uh, at least as far as I can remember, I think we, they kind of had a house a house divided, actually, maybe not really divided, but... <laughs> I mean, back in the day, it was a whole lot of Cowboys and Steelers fans because those were the two teams that kind of sure. kind of re- ran the league. So I think, um, I think you know, I don't think anymore. But my dad, you know, back in the day, was I think partial to the Cowboys. I think my grandfather was too. I have an aunt, uh, Aunt Marcy, who was always a lifelong Steelers fan. You know, growing up, she was so. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think you. You, you probably hit the nail on the head. There's probably a, a lot of Cowboys fans that I was uh, around, or at least that used to be. Yeah, I could see, you know, your grandfather admiring what they did, Tom Landry and all that stuff, and your dad. I mean, didn't your dad play some quarterback at Highland himself? He did, yeah. He was he was the quarterback there, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. Left, oh, left-handed, yeah. you know. Uh, you know the, slinger. The, the, yeah, exactly, exactly. Left-handed, the old uh, the old wing tee, so they, they got some they got some wins. They got some 
he got some good time there for for Coach Gentry. He's a good quarterback. All right. Well, um, you mentioned about your time in college. Okay, uh, college football. Man, a lot of uh, attention. You mentioned game day and the noon kickoff show and everything was in Boulder. Uh, the buffs and what uh, Coach Primetime has done. Uh, so from afar, I know it's not a, a huge sample size, only three games, and they barely got by the Rams, CSU Rams on Saturday. But uh, talk about the phenomenon as what has taken place there in Boulder, Zach. Man, you know, talk about just like a complete facelift of a program, right? I mean, I saw a picture online yesterday, the day before, where, you know, it showed uh, the Colorado home game a year ago today versus, you know, this last weekend, and um, just incredible to see that difference. I mean, you went from from sellout game and and tickets, hundreds hundreds of dollars in the nosebleeds is is what they have now, and last year was like, I mean, there's a thousand people in the stands, so pretty crazy to see what's happened there, and I think that's just... um, kind of a sign of the new new college football, you know, NIL and um, all that other stuff. I mean, he obviously bringing a lot of attention to the program and, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's, they look, they look good. You know, he brought in a lot of really good players. It's going to, it's going to really come down to for them this season, how they can perform, I think, against Oregon, Washington, and USC. Those are going to be their three big games. Well, thanks for leading me um, into that, Zach, because we've got that Oregon-Colorado game on Saturday, and then that game is followed by Ohio State at Notre Dame, and you know something about those two schools. Of course, Ohio State, you played them every year at Michigan, and then you actually played your senior year, I believe, in South Bend against the Fighting Irish. Uh, talk about what that scene is going to be like on Saturday and how that is the things that you remember about being a college football player, uh, Zach. Yeah, I mean, that's that's... That's one of the things I think is so special about college football. You know, it's it's less. I mean, clearly, it's well now. I guess it's more of a business than it was when I was there. But you know, it's it's still not. Um, you know, still amateur athletes. It's it's not um, um, as commercialized or as much of a business as the NFL. So, you know, lots of school pride. The stadiums get a lot louder. There's a lot more energy. It feels like in those stadiums. So that's that's going to be a great matchup. You know, you think about college football, Ohio State, Notre Dame is is certainly a matchup that should should interest anybody. Um, no matter who you root for, but I mean, just those two places, um, historic programs, you know, got to play in both those stadiums, really, really cool atmosphere. Um, if I, I'm not positive, but I'm, I'm, I think they're in South Bend this year. Cause I think last yep. year they played in Ohio. Um, Correct. I mean, really, really cool stadium. So historic. Um, we lost a close one down there and then went on to win 10 straight. So I uh, wow. learned a lot from that, learned a lot from that game my senior year, but just a really cool environment to play in and, I'm sure that place is going to be electric on Saturday. You know, Zach, talking about the buffs and everything going on there, we see some kids at the high school level play on on both sides, play some offense and defense, but not only playing both sides at a Power 5 level, but how at such a high level, Travis Hunter, I I mean, from one football player to another, I got to imagine there's got to be some game-recognizing game and just what a high level He's playing out on offense and defense, playing all the snaps. I mean, is that something that you could have ever envisioned doing uh, when you were at Michigan? Oh, man, you know, I don't know. That's a, that is a tall task. I mean, especially a guy who gets, you know, 50, 60 snaps on both sides of the ball. I think he's probably, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm just assuming, but he's probably taking every defensive snap and then offense where he can where he can fit in and they need him. Um, I mean, that is just insane from, from a snap count standpoint, you know, um, regardless of anything else, to, so to perform at a high level. I mean, corner, I think, is one of the hardest positions on the field, uh, you know, especially if you're in one-on-one a lot. So, 
pretty pretty remarkable what he's been able to do. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he can continue to do that at a, at a high level for the whole season, which it looks like he, he should be able to. But um, no doubt about it, you know he should he should have some, some good kudos and um, pretty special to see somebody be able to do both things as efficiently and, and successful as he as successfully as he can for sure. I mean, you don't see a lot of people going both ways at all, you know, and for him to do such a good job both ways is pretty remarkable. I mean, you talk about having to remember Spider 2, why Banana Paradise Burger is one play, and then he's got to remember all these plays on on both sides of the ball being at the skill position like that. Going back to that, I, I do want to ask you one more thing about uh, this, this clip that we played from Trevor Lawrence. Hey, long call, comfy left, zoom, buster, 63, bang, Z Maui, alert, Paradise Z Burger Y Rap on one. So he starts out with the long call, Zach. Is that something that's that, that's league wide, just a standard start to a play? And and does that also does that imply that there's a, a, a shorter acronym, a broken down version of that? Like, take us through the long the the long call part of that, if you would. Well, yeah, just just from hearing it a couple times, the, the first you know the first one is the formation. The uh, zoom is probably the Z going across the formation. It sounds like. Uh, Z Maui is probably a different, uh, you know, some sort of concept they have, probably a two-man concept if he's, you know, rotating. He's either um, coming across the the set to a three-by-one or two-by-two, two, I'd imagine. So, you know, whatever that is. And it's probably it's either a three- or two-man concept with the, with the Z. Um, so they sounded like, best I can remember, they alerted it, um, Paradise Burger, Y Wrap. And so I'm guessing if that's either a play-action pass or a hard-fake pass for the Y's wrapping back across to the D-end or it's a run play. That's why he's NFL tight end Zach Gentry with us here every Monday on Team Talk ESPN Radio 1017, the team. All right, so you're settled now a little bit more in Cincinnati, Zach. You're in a city now that has a food item that is known nationally and is incredibly controversial depending on where you live and especially if you're in or out of the city. Have you divin- Have you dove into any Skyline Chili yet there, Zach? <laughs> No, you know what? I haven't since I've been here. Um, I'm familiar with Skyline for sure because I played college football at Michigan with a couple of guys that were from this area. And, you know, they were big Skyline Chili fans, and I could never really, you know, understand what that was all about. I still haven't been able to go in and get that, but there's a couple of guys on the Bengals team who are from the area too, Sam Hubbard, um, mainly the, the big guy I've talked to about it. Yeah, they're, they're crazy about it here, so um, I still haven't got my hands on it. But there's a couple other you know, chili joints here that are that are skyline knockoffs that you know ah. I need to make my rounds and see what that's all about. But uh, I haven't I haven't mustered up the courage to go try that yet. I don't know if I could. Uh, you know, I gotta wake up early for for practice in the morning. I don't know if if I'll be uh, spending a lot of time in the in the other room. You know. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a point of pride there in Cincinnati. I mean it's just like around here. I mean Joe's trying to put you know shove red and green chili breakfast burritos down my mouth the first year. It's a point of pride. You got to get that that skyline chili. And well, let me ask you: Is there any and I don't know if this is team to team or you know just where you are at now in Cincinnati. Is there is there a list of do's and don'ts that they give you? Is there an understanding that during the season, don't eat this, don't eat that, don't eat Skyline Chili during the season, do whatever you want uh, March through July? Is there anything like that that you guys have in Cincinnati there, Zach? <laughs> well, I'm sure you're having uh, you're having flashbacks there because I'm sure that Joe O'Neill successfully uh, cleaned your system out there. But um, hey. <laughs> But, uh, you know, not really any do's and don'ts. You know, I don't think that, you know, I think, I think chili, chili can be on the menu if you want it to be on the menu. I think probably proceed at your own uh, caution. But there was never really a big, um, you know, do's and don'ts list 
I, more than anything, actually, there's been a bunch of guys that have kind of shared with me their their favorite spots around the town, and you know, a couple of the fellow tight ends have, have sent me their list of places they've been or places they want to go to. So, um, not really don'ts, but more do's, I think. Zach, since we're talking about cuisine, I wish that there was a Paradise Burger around here. Sounds like a good one. But anyway, <laughs> I want to ask you about Joe Burrow. I like chicken. Watching him uh, go back and uh, you know mount the comebacks yesterday. You're down by 10 a couple of times. He mounts the comebacks. What, seeing him on the same team, just in person, what he's doing, what do you see out of Joe Burrow that makes him good? It was a short comeback yesterday, but obviously down the road, comebacks like that might add fruition. Yeah, I mean, it, Joe's one of those guys that, um, you know, for a long time I've admired his ability to just stay calm. You know, they call him Cool Man Joe or whatever. And, you know, he's he really is. You know, he never gets too high, never gets too low. Um, and that's something that I've been able to see in practice in the games. You know, I saw it from afar, you know, the last three seasons, but it's been cool to kind of be around that um, closer and, you know, get to know him a little bit. He's he's one of those guys that, you know, he, he throws a pick in the red zone like he did yesterday, you know, driving down after a long drive. And, um, you know, it just didn't affect him. You know, he knows it's one of those things that's going to happen. He, he didn't see, you know, something that, that came to life in the secondary. He threw an interception, and, you know, you, you can just tell he, he never bats an eye. He doesn't get too far down. I mean, when I was playing with the Steelers, Last year, he threw a couple interceptions, you know, to the Steelers, and you could tell, you know, he, he came back on the field and marched right down a few times, and, you know, we had a couple, uh, you know, big game-winning drives. So, I mean, he's he's somebody who's just supremely confident in himself, cool, calm, collected. He knows what he's doing on the field, and, you know, he just, there's something about that quality. It's it's, it's like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning-esque, where it's like, you know, they can throw a touchdown and, you know, not lose their mind, but they can throw a couple interceptions in a game and not lose their mind either. They just want to get the ball in their hands back on the field and, and, and lead a drive. Having a chance to see them both in practice and in a game, Zach, what's it like and uh, what can you say about guys like Higgins and, of course, Chase? Well, I mean, T. Higgins, is, it's amazing. You know, he's hes a tall guy. He's probably, I think he's 6'5". Uh, damn, I mean, he feels even maybe like 6'6", six, six, something like that, and he just, he's like a stallion out there, you know. He's he ran a really good route yesterday. It was like a 10, 12-yard curl route that, you know, he accelerated to full speed like right before he made his cut. And it's amazing to see a guy with that size be able to stop as quickly as he does. Um, and he's obviously a, a high jumper. Um, you know, he gets up, he can get the 50-50 ball. So he's been a, an impressive specimen to be around, no doubt about it. And Jamar is just so smooth. You know, he's he's hauling butt out there, but he doesn't look like he's moving very fast. And his, his body control is unbelievable. You know, the back shoulder, the... The toe tap. I mean, he's um, is a, as elite as it gets as far as that kind of stuff goes. Got to ask you one more food question, Zach. When I was in Cincinnati last about uh, 10 years ago, I went to a oh place boy. not too far from the stadium by the name of White Castle. Have you been to those yet in Cincinnati? <laughs> I haven't been to White Castle in Cincinnati. They had some in Michigan. Back in the day, we'd hit a, we'd hit a White Castle or two back back in the old college days. I <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, let's talk about that. For people that don't know about White Castle, and they're actually in the Phoenix area now. So, mm, when, you, when you were in college in Michigan and you and your buddies were going to get <laughs> White Castle, you guys were ordering by the dozen, I would assume, uh, Zach. I mean, you guys probably had some fun going to White Castle. Is that correct? 
<laughs> no doubt. I mean, those little sliders go down so easily. We, yeah, we'd have to load up on those things for sure, especially I lived with yeah. a few linemen too, so uh, good bang for your buck. No doubt about it. All right, uh, Zach, well, thank you so much, uh, and we're so happy that you're continuing uh, to do so well uh, with the Bengals. It's a great franchise. Again, you know, despite the fact that it's a 0-2 and two start, uh, a lot of people still believe in the in the Bengals, and I know you do too, and it was back to work. It's you, That's what it's like in the profession, right? I mean, you got to move on from the last game to the next game, and, and next week is Monday Night Football against the Rams, so you just got to move on. Is that kind of the theme down there, uh, Zach? Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, the thing of it is, is you know, last year the Bengals started 0-2 as well. Um, okay. You know, and a lot of people were writing them off, and, you know, they even, we talked about that a little bit today, you know, head coach Zach Taylor mentioned that, and he even, you know, brought out a few clips from what, you know, media outlets were saying about um, the team start last year, people were giving up on them, and they went to the AFC Championship, so, um, you know, as we've talked about before, it's, it's a game of attrition, it's a game of, you know, making sure that you're good consistently and peaking at the right time, so think as long as uh, we can figure everything out, then we'll be just fine. All right, Zach, and glad to hear you're doing more than just fine. And thank you so much for joining us, and we'll catch up with you next Monday. It should be a great week of college football, and uh, we'll have a bunch to talk about next week, Zach.